0: like once a year, so I want to like make it count, right? Yeah. Twice this week, I know. I was like, I reached my quota. This, this is actually the same lesson. If y'all are here Sunday, that's what I'm. That's what I'm teaching on. No. Um, okay, so Aaron kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but I do want to, uh, as far as recapping the lesson. But I do want to recap um, a little bit of, of the story. And, and uh, Dave mentioned it last week, but um, the story, of Chase the Lion, the story uh, of Benaiah in Second Samuel chapter twenty-three. So 2 Samuel uh, chapter 23, verse 20, starting in verse 20, it says, But Benny, the son of Jay, a valiant fighter of uh, Kabzel, uh, performed great exploits. He struck down the Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. He struck down a huge Egyptian, although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand. But now went against him with a club. Actually, if you uh, like, if you read another translation, that's uh, it says cl- uh, club here. But one of the other translations said stick. So he used a stick and beat this guy that had a spear, which is um, pretty awesome. Uh, he snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benny, uh son of J. Uh, he was, and he, and he too was as famous as the three mighty warriors, and he was held in great honor than any of the thirty talking about David's uh, thirty mighty men. Uh, but he was not included among the three, and David put him in charge of his bodyguard. So, who is Benny? Who is Benny? Son of Jay. Son of Jay. Benny was bad news, right? If you translate Beniah, it's got to mean bad news, right? Because it talks in the verses. He killed two of Moab's best warriors, and then it talks about uh, how he killed the lion, and then it talks about how he killed this Egyptian with a spear that had a spear with a stick. So he came at him with a spear, took the stick, you know. Did, did kung fu stuff, whatever he does, right? Took the spear from him and killed him with his own spear. Right? So, but the lion specifically, which is the, which is the, you know, basically the point of uh, the, the series that we're talking about, is about stepping into the unknown, right? And he had no idea the outcome of the situation that he was stepping into, but he did so with confidence. So he confronted the lion, and if you, and if you, if you think about that, sort of that interaction, that situation, right? That lion, it talks about it ran from him. So, so it said not only did he confront it, that lion took off and ran from him, which sort of shows you the exchange and, and sort of how and how that happened and who was the aggressor there, right? And it says he chased the lion into the pit. So if you think about like the conditions and and, and everything that was that was sort of going on in that situation, the, the verse doesn't go into a ton of detail, but it but it does tell us, or we can infer that he, that it was a steep slope, it was snowy conditions. And so down there in the steep slope you know if you, if you read sort of some of the passages it says there was most likely brush to hide in so so that line when he confronted it that line was, was running to safety it was running to the sort of the condition that that it was used to and where it would have the advantage right but but Benny he, he, he chased it he chased it down and, uh, and and on the surface it just it doesn't really seem like the smartest of moves right it doesn't really seem like uh, that was sort of the best choice of actions well, as we move through this series, we're obviously fo- focusing on that line, and, and we're focused on the line that was being chased, and, and that's really the point of what we're going to talk about, right? But in the same way that he pursued that line, that—that—that's what my request is for you, and, and I think the request from the other speakers as we move forward in this series. What I, what I would like to for you to sort of get out of this lesson is identify your line, right, or whatever whatever it is in your life, whatever whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're you're thinking about it right now as we're going through this. Um, Identify that and chase that, and we're going to talk about that a little a little bit. Um, so the title of my talk tonight is called "What's." That's, no, that's my first point. The title of my topic is "Don't Just Stand There," but what's at stake? That's my first point I want to make. Right. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to play a video real quick, um, and we're going to play a little game called "What's Going to Happen." So, Christy, if you go ahead and, and roll this video, so this. So this is a video of a guy named Kelly McGarry, and it's in the Red Bull Rampage in 2013, right? Alright, so what is going to happen right here? What what do y'all think is going to happen? You think he's going to make it? Anybody think he's not going to make it in this situation? I think he's probably going to make it. Aaron doesn't think he's going to make it. You never know. I could have pulled this from like you know one of those internet videos. Make I feel like it was so popular he probably would make it. People would like, oh my gosh. Wow. I thought that was where he was from. I didn't tell you he won. I didn't tell you he won. So you don't know that, right? Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see. All right, we'll see. All right, let's go. let <laughs> Whoa. Alright, so that's a clip that's coming up in the right there. Do you think he makes it over this one? Do you think he, you think he's there? How, so, how risky do you think he's in this situation right now? So, he's on a C-Pill, he's going down a slope. I feel like he's totally on drugs do this. Like, what? Who? Like You're saying you wouldn't do this? No. I would never. I, <laughs> I have a weight label. What? Oh, An adrenaline jumping, period. Alright, let's go. Let's see what happens. So right there. All right. So we stopped it right here. What's going to happen now? What do you think? Is he doing? A trick? Is he falling? What's going to? Be? I think he's going to I think make he's it. Totally catching it. I think he's I catching it. air. Oh. All right. Let's roll. see what happens. Oh no! Oh man! This has got to be the one, right? We got to. Uh, He's got some. He's going that right? Alright, keep going. A lot of people there watching. Okay. So, um, <yeah>. <laughs> 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 that's, that's oh. Okay. That's definitely backflip. The backflip? Like, he rolled. He rolled. He rolled. Roll. Spoiler alert! He made it. So that was the Red Bull Rampage in 2013. You, you can stop it. You can stop it. Yeah. Uh, he won the silver medal, and that was actually a 72-foot canyon that he did a backflip over. Right. So was that? Would y'all think that was? Would y'all classify that as risky behavior? You think? You think that was probably crazy? Um, he's got a death wish. Um, so, so the, so the. I didn't take it. That was actually me. That was not, that was not Kelly. That was my I I didn't want to say it. That was my GoPro. I lost it in the river later, but that was it. Um, So risk is defined as a situation uh, involving exposure to danger. The probability or threat of damage, injury, liability, loss, or any other negative occurrence that's caused by external vulnerabilities that may be avoided through preemptive action. I would say that's a pretty fit definition of that video, right? I mean, he there was some preemptive action he could have taken to uh, to avoid that risk, and so that guy he's clearly insane. Um, and and uh, I, I know I wouldn't, and probably none of us would uh, would would do any activity like that, right? And while, and while that may be extreme, on some level we've all done something that's relatively risky, right? I would say, um, even if you don't consider yourself probably a you know a a risk taker or a sort of an adrenaline junkie. I'm not, you know, obviously you probably tell. Look at me. I'm I'm not like into like the the BMX or like the uh, you know the extreme sports, right? That's just not really my thing. Some people are, um, so I'm not a, a super risky guy. So to me, risk is is like on a much sort of smaller scale. So to me, risk is. Court and I were on vacation, right? And we're hiking through the woods, and I'm sitting there thinking. You know, I like pause for a second, and I'm like. So we're, like, miles away from anybody else. There's nobody around. Like, what would happen? Like, is this a risky... I, I really sort of thought that. I'm like, is this a risky situation right now? Right? Like, if I was to, like, turn an ankle, break a leg, so, like, what would happen? What would ha- i start playing this out. I'm like, what would happen? Right? How... How... Well, I mean, is Court going to drag me, like, three miles back to civilization? Right? Right? And then, so... But then it's like, you know, on, on some level, right, it's just... It's just a hike in the woods. Like on some level, there's there's a little bit of danger there, right? Of course, then I remember the sign on the way in that talked about how there are like mountain lions in the region and like rattlesnakes, and you, your mind starts like playing all these tricks on you, and you're like, I don't. All of a sudden, like on, on one hand, like a seemingly innocent, like you know, or, or safe sort of walk through the woods, you know, could you know, when your mind starts playing sort of tricks on you, you could quickly turn into something more, right? Um, but and and so on that, but sort of you know I guess compare and contrast that on the same vacation we're you know we're traveling and we're traveling through California and, and, and uh, you know we're sort of driving up the coast we have to uh, stop and get gas every once in a while and there's there, you know, we sort of stop in these little towns and stuff. So we, we come to this um, and this is a really sort of simple uh, you know, example, but we come to this sort of one sign and, and it's like and uh, I just Luckily, I happened to notice the sign, and it's like next gas was like you know 50 miles away or something like that, right? And I've got like almost on E, so I'm sitting there thinking, you know, had I not seen that sign and had I not, you know, been diligent enough to to uh, you know uh, notice that and to take action, I could have been that could have been a particularly risky situation, right? But if you compare the two, if you compare the hiking in the woods versus the running out of gas while well, both, you know, on some level, involve some, you know, arguably some level of risk. What's the What's the difference between those two? Right. What's the what, What's the which, which one is riskier than the other? What What, what would y'all What would y'all say? I feel like driving without the gas. Driving without the gas is riskier. Why Why do you think that is? So pretty much in both situations, I should add context to this. It was pretty remote, so like cell reception out the picture. No. So sound, what's that? Oh, did you say I'm not adventurous? Because that is true. Um, so both situations, right? There's some. Level, it sounds like we're sort of divided on which one's riskier. What about what about? Let's just throw some more examples out there, just to just to sort of play it out. What if what if I'm going canoeing? How how risky do you think that is? It's not risky, but I can't swim. So how risky is that? Well, we, we experienced that. Is it like like where we went? Dude, because I wasn't even all. It's like super deep, like so like okay. you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel if you didn't have a life jacket, that'd be kind of risky. What about white water rafting? Does jumping from canoe to white water rafting does that make it riskier? Marcus did almost die. It was Can you swim? He fell off. He well, in the example it, we can't swim. That's why I'm asking if you can swim and you can swim. <laughs> All right, so another silly example. So I've put three quarters into the vending machine and it ate every single one of my quarters. I've got one quarter left. How risky is that situation? How risky is that compared to the other? It's just a dollar. All right, I've got 10 minutes left on the parking meter, it's going to take me about 20 minutes to do what I need to do. How risky is that situation? So of those, which do y'all think is the riskiest? Is it the hiking in the woods? White Whitewater rafting is the, the riskiest? So, what if a teacher assigns homework every night, but only occasionally checks it? That I, was my whole life in high school. Should I do the homework? How risky is it for me to not do that homework? You do it whenever she starts walking around. All right. All right, last one. Last one. I'm walking across the highway blindfolded. How risky is that too? Like a busy, busy highway. That was probably the worst. All right. So, so life is a series of calculated risks. It's nothing more. Everything you do, everything you decide to do has some margin of risk and, and no outcome is ever hundred percent certain. Therefore, any attempt at anything has a chance at complete failure. We risk everything every day of our lives without even knowing it, right? Because in so, on some level, if I walk outside of my house, there is some level of risk that I, that I, that I take from doing that, right? I could be hit by a bus walking outside of my house. It's, very unlikely that that would happen but there's some level of risk that would happen right Uh, however however the choices we make in life play a big part in that so again playing out my silly example if I live near a bus station but I walk outside my house all of a sudden my chances of getting hit by a bus when I walk outside my house are greatly increased right Hopefully, you can sort of see the parallel here. The level of risk that we have in our lives is determined by the choices that we make. So our choice, our choices that was as we go throughout life, they increase or they decrease that risk. So in other words, if I'm in a risky situation or a situation that, that where I've got a lot to lose, I need to look in the mirror because on some level I'm responsible for that situation, right? So if I'm in so if I'm in you know if I'm in something that that, I, that I'm I feel danger, I feel sort of extremely risky. On some level, I'm responsible. Um, so in the so in the uh, in the canoeing example earlier, you know, well, it's not it's not quite as risky as, as the time. If, so that's not as quite of a risky example. If I put in the time ahead of time to prepare for that, right? So if I put in the time to to swim and to train and to prepare myself for a situation that I'm going to encounter later in life, I have a direct impact or a direct. Um, a direct ability to influence how risky that situation is. So, again, the choices we make determine the level of risk. Um, and speaking of making choices, I've got another example for y'all. say 15% more on car insurance, is Has anybody ever seen that commercial before? Has everybody seen that? Everybody seen it? Right. So, obviously, y'all didn't laugh uh, as nearly as much as I do. I love that commercial. I really do. Like, it's like, I, I I normally hate pretty much every commercial. I love that commercial and I love those DirecTV seller commercials for some reason. I, I just, I really like it. But the 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 reason I like that commercial is because it's on on some level, it's so true, right? It's if, if you if it perfectly describes the decisions that are made in, in any kind of situation, any kind of movie like this, right? Oh, there's a there's a noise in the house. Let me let me not turn on any lights and let me go investigate that noise. Let me go. That's that is a smart decision, right? Uh, so I don't know what you're doing when I'm when I'm, when I'm you know, and, and not not that I watch a, a ton of scary movies like that, but if if I'm watching a movie like that in a situation I don't know what you're doing but I'm, I'm taking sort of a mental inventory of that and and when the characters making a dumb decision I'm like I'm, I'm ratcheting through that right and as, as they as they get to these certain things I'm, I'm keeping a running total I'm like that's not a smart decision that's not a smart decision that's and at some point I get to a to a point where I'm just like I'm out I can't like I can't do it anymore the the sort of the, the intelligence of this character just, just doesn't work right well on some level we do the same thing we constantly make these decisions and these choices in our lives that we don't even we don't even realize it and, and put ourselves in these risky situations. So, I, you know, I laugh and make fun of them about these like these not smart decisions and these not smart situations. But are there situations in my life that I'm 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 knowingly and actively putting myself in that that would sort of classify as that sort of you know that that would, that would ding that sort of not smart that would that would you know make that tally right. So if if I'm going to hang out with people, I, you know. You know, not to be too simple with this. If I'm going to hang out with people, I know they're going to be doing things I'm not comfortable with, and, and and I'm not, I don't normally associate with them. But I'm but I'm going to go and hang out with them anyway. That could be chalked up as a not smart decision, right? Because it's 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 something I'm actively doing, and it is a it is a risk I'm incurring. I'm I'm actively incurring that risk in my life. Um, if if I'm and not to sort of hit too close to home, I know, but it, you know, and and I'll sort of just say this one and leave it here. If I'm going over to my significant other's house and I know no one else is going to be there, I'm knowingly putting myself in a risky situation for that. Right? So, and, and I, those are two simple examples. It could, be, it could be a million different things, right? But um, the point is it's, a, it's, a, it's an active choice. And it's, it, it's the equivalent of, you know, the silly example, right, of hiding behind the chainsaws. It's like, I'm going to go hide behind these chainsaws this, like, where, where this, like, bad guy's hiding because that is a smart decision for me to do. Um, so yes, the choices we, we make have a direct impact. And when you, when you break down what that really means, our risk is determined by what we stand to lose. So that's why we're, when we were talking earlier about, you know, when I, when I sort of gave you a silly example, it's like, that, that's why me crossing a highway with a blindfold is much more risky than, than me losing a quarter in a vending machine, right? And, and, and that's, a stupid, that's a stupid example. Or why, you know, if I'm going on a three mile swim when I can't swim, that is much riskier than me getting a ticket from not paying a parking meter because what I stand to lose in that situation is different and it's more important. And when, and when we get this and we sort of, when we bring this back to us and we bring this back to our spiritual walk, if you think about what you have to lose, that's what's at risk. So, you know, we're, we're talking through this series and we're, we're we're talking through the lions that we're chasing. Um, and, and, you know, you know, hopefully I've, I've, you know, I've thrown out a couple silly examples and done some silly things, but but I, I think you know, we use the analogy of this line and, and I think, you know, regardless of sort of the facade that we put up and, and sort of the you know the appearance that we put out to other people, all of us have that line, right? We have we have whatever that thing is that's 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 in us that God's dealing with us about that, that that's that we're chasing that we need to chase that that, that situation in our life that we're confronting and, and it's different for different people. Maybe it's a calling, maybe it's a maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's maybe it's a new commitment that God wants you to bring you to. Whatever it is, that's your line. And I, and I and I'm hoping, you know, as we're going through this, that you're you know, you're picturing that line and, and, and you know visually and you're visualizing that because that that hopefully that's your goal and that's what you want to pursue. But you know, as we talk through you know these risks and, and and sort of risky situations, and, and risk is determined by you know the riskiness of that is determined by what we stand to lose. And as we apply that to our spiritual lives, what, when you're pursuing that line, whatever it is, whatever it is for you, what do you stand to lose as a result of that? So if you, if you were to do it, if you were to chase that, whatever it is, what do you stand to lose? Is it friendships? Are you going to lose friendships over it? If, and if so, are they the right kind of friendships? Are you going to lose a relationship over it? And if so, is that the really right, is that the right thing for you right now? Is, is going after the lion really as risky as you think? Or maybe some of the stuff you're scared to lose isn't stuff you should be hanging on to anyway. Um, okay, how many of you are familiar with the brand No Fear? Anybody? None? Zero? Dave. I've got Dave. And I've got Aaron. Clearly no children of the 90s in here, right? So now that the logo's up there, does that ring a bell at all? Does anyone recognize this at all? Nothing, zero? So if you're a child of the 90s, you, you would, would probably only be the only way you recognize this logo. And it's one of the most popular American lifestyle clothing brands of the, the late 90s and early 2000s, or you know, AKA back in my day, right? Um, so it even, at one point it even had its own energy drink um, and as, as a result of a joint venture it had with Pepsi. Um, and I don't think that went very well uh, because sadly, they filed for bankruptcy in 2011 uh, so you, if, if you want that energy drink I guess, or that uh, t-shirts or anything like that you'll have to go to eBay I guess to find it but um, I guess they were probably most similar, you know, Dave or Aaron let me jump in, I think they were probably most similar to like those Affliction shirts maybe that would happen today or like Red Bull or something like that um, they're, uh, they, were a, they were a brand they, they, and they were a brand, I mean back sort of back in high school, back in my day, I mean, seemingly every, any, everybody that was somebody had one of these shirts and had a No Fear shirt, and that was just, that was a cool thing to do. That's what you wore. Um, and the brand encouraged, uh, th- what, what the brand did encourage, that, I'm glad you all sitting down, this is going to be a big revelation, they encouraged not having any fear. That was their big thing. They're like marketing geniuses. Right? Uh, and they, they also touted the virtues of extreme sports, and they did all this through these really, really cheesy slogans right so so they have these slogans like around you over you through you whatever it takes to get there or if you're not living on the edge you're taking up too much space (laughs) right or losing is for those who are afraid to risk everything to win or this this one was one of my favorites fear is in the eye of the beholder don't let it be you, and like you got to use that voice, like when you say it, right? Because it's like it's it's so serious and it's so cheesy, right? The sky's the limit. The sky's not the limit. The ground is. So just shut up and jump. So that like, I know like uh, I can tell you all are really excited about this brand and these shirts, and they're So uh, I don't, I really, personally I have no idea why the company didn't make it because there's. And I went and looked it up. There's this whole website I found on all these. Uh, you know all these phrases and all these sayings that they list out. There's actually 428 of these things because yes, I did go count them. And uh, you know, if, if you wanted to, you could you could uh, you could take these sayings and, and, and you could have a shirt made or you could go find them on eBay. But the, the you know as as cheesy and as and as corny and as you know out of date, if I can say it that way, as that is. And in our lives, fear is a real thing, and it's a it, it's a it, it's something that. We we all battle at some point, and it's not something that you really outgrow, right? You think of fear as like I'm, you know, when I'm I'm, I'm afraid of the dark when I'm young, or or I'm I, you know I'm I'm you know, afraid of these sort of these, these, these bigger things in the world. And as I grow up in the world, those things are going to become less scary. And, and that's not really that's not really the case, especially from a from a from a spiritual standpoint. And, and especially when we're taking on something unknown. And so if we're taking on something risky, and, and we're taking these steps in our spiritual walk. That fear, it starts to creep up the more uncomfortable we get because we fear what we don't know. Right. So, uh, you know, as God starts to stretch us and he starts to push us, it's natural for us to be fearful of what that's going to mean, because the, the the circumstances and the situation that we're in is changing. It's not it's not going to be the same. And because because that's different, it causes us discomfort and we, and, you know, we start looking ahead to what that means and we start trying to figure that out. And that's a, that can be a scary thing, right? If, if I'm, if I'm moving from one area God, uh, that, that God has me to another area, or if I'm going to, to to a deeper place with him, you know, we, we talk about it in, in, in a positive light because it certainly is, but there's an other side of that. There's a, there's a, there's a scariness to that and, and, and what that, what that means, right? And, and maybe you felt it, maybe, uh, maybe you felt it when, you know, Maybe God's asked you to open, to go pray with someone, or maybe you've had an opportunity to, to stand up for something you believe in, or, or you maybe you you know you know you're going to be facing a you know a hurtful situation or a person that's that you know that scarred you in the past or or something along those lines. And you know we have a tendency when we get in those situations, we have a tendency to hesitate and we have a tendency to not take action due to that fear. But this is this is really contrary to what to, to what Jesus taught us. He taught us not to be ruled by fear. Um. In, in Matthew chapter 25, uh, verse 14, he says, "Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted money to them, his money to them, while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in a portion among their ability, to their abilities." Then he left on his trip, and the servant who had received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver went to work and earned two more, but the servant who received one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. So the the one thing to keep in mind here as as we're going through the story, and this is the parable of the talents, which I'm sure you've all heard multiple times, Um, but, but in, in case you're not familiar with it, the, the, the one thing to be aware of is as we talk about a talent in this story, it's not, it's, we're not talking about a talent like an ability, right? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a monetary example. Now, as we apply that to our lives, obviously, we can apply it in multiple situations. You can apply it monetarily or you can apply it to abilities and talents that we have. But, but in, the, in the, the, the parable, the story itself, it's monetary currency. And, and it's actually a pretty significant amount of money. Uh, a talent is about 20 years of a laborer's wage. So I ran the math because that's the guy I am. Uh, based on the U.S. median household income, one talent will be just over a million dollars today. So he gave his servants $5 million, $2 million, and $1 million respectively, right? Rolled out $8 million. I'm going on a long trip. I'm just going to roll that out and I'll be back for it later. Um, so in verse 19, it says, after a long time, their master returned from the trip and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant whom he had, who, with whom he had entrusted five bags of silver, so the $5 million guy, came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest. I've earned five more. And the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. So first of all, Sort the first point here. He gave him a long time, right? He was he was gone for a long time. So not only did, he, you know, he give him the resources that he needed to fulfill the request that he asked. He gave him the time that he needed as well. So, the, so the point is, whatever calling or whatever whatever request and, and, and direction God's moving you in in, in your life, He's not going to be reasonable and is unreasonable in His expectations for you. When He calls you and He asks you to do something, He'll equip you and give you everything that you need to do that. So. On top of that, let's, just, let, let's pause for a second and just recognize how Jesus defined faithfulness in the, in the scripture here, right? He defined faithfulness, one, as following his instructions, and two, as providing a return on the, on the talent, on, you know, on, on the money that he provided. So it, in this scripture, as it's spelled out, faithfulness equals return. It equals ROI, right? Everybody familiar with ROI, return on investment? Everybody get some shaking heads and some yawns. So, but that's not how we typically define faithfulness, right? We, we, at least, I don't. When I think of faithfulness, I think I think of faithfulness as showing up, of consistency. I think of faithfulness as you know, I'm faithful, I'm here, and that's and that's good enough. But that's not good enough for God. Uh, clearly, in the story, he invested in his servant and he wanted to see a return, and not just using what he gave him, but taking it and multiplying it. And if we, if we move forward in the story and we, we we skip to verse 24, he said. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, "Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Harvesting crops you didn't plant, and gathering uh, uh, and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money. Here's, here's your money back." And the master said, "You wicked and lazy servant! You knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least then I couldn't. Got, I could have received some interest on it." Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To to, to those who use well what are given, even more will be given. And they that have an abundance, and they will have an abundance. For those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. So so now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where, where we'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So he took the $1 million, right? And he gave it to the guy who had $10 million. Because of the faithfulness of, of, of that that first servant, so even worse, he said, "Throw this useless servant into outer darkness." Those are some of the harshest words that you can use, and 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 no doubt, they, I mean, it leaves no doubt as absolute how he felt, right? How he felt about the servant, you know, all because he returned and he, re, and, he and he gave him what he originally gave him and what he originally asked for, but but he. While he gave him what he asked for, he failed to follow his instructions and he failed to to fulfill the master's request. So we're we're talking about fear. And to me, that's, I mean, that's scary as I start applying that to my life. And and if I'm, you know, if I'm being honest, because God wants action in my life and and, and he wants me to multiply whatever talents he's given me. Right. And And, you know, we've talked before about talents and and you could be the one talent guy or you could be the three talent guy, right? It's, it doesn't matter the the abilities or the talents that God's given you or the, or the money that God's given you. It's the return, right? It's the, it's that faithfulness, that ROI that he wants. And he doesn't want us to bury those. And, and if I do, it's clear about how he's going to deal with me and and how he's going to interact with me on that. So it's clear how God feels about hesitation, about fear. And I, I, you know, as you're sizing up a lion that you're chasing what's holding you back today is it is it fear because it says in isaiah it says in isaiah 41 do not fear for i am with you do not be dismayed i am your god i will strengthen you and i will help you i will uphold you with my righteous hand my righteous right hand so god tells us we have no reason to fear because he's with us right so so fear shouldn't hold us back but if but if but if that's not enough because sometimes it's not right sometimes i have a specific fear that i'm that i'm that i'm battling with and 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 you know, even though he says we have nothing to fear, I just, you know, I had this hang-up. So if you if you have that specific fear, whatever that is, I mean, there's an answer for you too, right? Because he, he goes into that in Scripture, and he says, you know, what's your fear? Name it. Is it is it fear of your past? Because because he says in Isaiah, don't be afraid. You're, you're not going to be embarrassed. Don't hold back. You're not going to come up short. You, you'll forget about the humiliations of your youth. Or... or are you fearful of your future and what's going to happen? Because in because Matthew, it says, give your entire atten- attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God, God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when that time comes. And he says in Jeremiah 29, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Maybe it's a is the fear you're calling because it says in 1 Chronicles, take charge, take heart. Don't be anxious or get discouraged. God, my God, is with you, and he won't walk off and leave you in the lurch. He's at your side until every last detail is completed for the conducting of the worship of God. Maybe it's fear of others. In Psalms, uh, Psalms 116, it says, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? In Psalms 56, it says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in the Lord in my God, whose word I praise. In God I trust, and I am not afraid. What can mortals, mere mortals do to me? Whatever fear you're facing, if it's a specific fear or or, or or maybe you're just not sure if you know you really want to chase that line right now, if that's not really something if you you know maybe you're feeling right now that's not really a commitment you want to make in your life, don't be paralyzed with inactivity because inactivity leads to regret. And you'll always wonder what what could have been. In, and, and I'm, I'm I'm getting close to wrapping it up, but in the there's there's a story about about a guy named um, about a young man named, named Christian Blundell. Christian's a 17 year old drama student from the UK, and he was out with his friends when he saw an unidentified woman being stabbed by an attacker, and and, and it turned out the woman was pregnant, and Christian Christian jumped in and he intervened and he, and he chased off this attacker and he began offering first aid to the injured woman and, and 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 soon other members of the public started joining in and, and, they, and they jumped in to help and when he was describing the incident later uh, he, he, you know he said that he said the woman who, well when he was describing it to the police later he said "I saw the woman in pools of blood and I couldn't not help that woman she was in real bad pain and was heavily pregnant yeah she was in a lot of pain I, we couldn't just stand there we had to do something about it and a follow-up comment he said You know, I did think about the danger I was in, but, but, you know, I'm not somebody who would just let that incident pass me by. I had to do something. And the phrase that really stuck out with me, you know, from, you know, from that, um, from that story is when he said, I couldn't just stand there. Because when, when we encounter these, you know, these situations in our lives, right, because that's an, that's a, that's a, that's a extreme and it's a horrific story it is. and God forbid you know a situation like that ever happens to one of us, but but if it did, what would we do? Would you know, and I, you know, just looking at myself in a mirror, what, what would I do? Would I, you know, would I immediately react? What I, would I, you know, would I chase? Because, in, in many ways, you can see the parallel to, to the, the chase the lion's sword, right? He, he, he chased that attacker, he immediately reacted, there was no hesitation, he immediately jumped into action, and he didn't just stand there, but and you know, and, you know, I'm talking about sort of the physical right now, but if we, if we bring that to the spiritual, maybe that's, maybe that's the exact situation that we're in right now that you're in, that I'm in. Maybe God's trying to birth something in me right now and the enemy's just attacking that, right? So what am I going to do about that? Am I going to stand there? Am I going to just let that happen or am I going to chase it? So you know you're lying. You know, we, we talked about it earlier and hopefully you're visualizing it right now. And, and you know, maybe it's, a like, like I said before, maybe it's a past incident, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a messed up home life, maybe it's depression, substance abuse, peer pressure, self-esteem, addictions, bad decisions, maybe it's a calling. Maybe, whatever your lion is, hopefully you're thinking about that right now. And as we go through this series, we're going to try to work with you and we're going to try to help you get through that, whatever it is. And, and, and as we move forward and we're, we're gonna talk about a lot of stuff later we're gonna talk about seizing opportunities and, and you know tackling our problems as we sort of continue to dive into this subject but uh, I want you to open your mind and be willing to take a risk as we move forward and to not be fearful of that risk and that's my request for you today I, you know I don't want I don't want you to be open to change I want you to go after that change I want you to be aggressive and intentional and how you're gonna pursue that change in your life. And and whatever that line is, pursue it with that same reckless abandon that Beniah did, right? And, and 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 don't and the other thing I you know I just wanna add is is don't get scared of the outcome of what that's gonna be, whether it's gonna be good or whether it's gonna be bad. Because there are times where you know, we set expectations on how God's going to deal with a certain situation in our life or what he's going to do, whether that's a new direction he's moving you in or whether that's a problem he's trying to solve for you. A lot of times we try to figure that out for God, right? And, that, and, and what that does is it puts God in this, in this box because we limit his ability and, and how, he, how he can move in our situation and what he can do. So don't chase the solution, chase the problem, chase, chase the line and, and, and let God work on that result. I talked before a little bit about regret. And the, the, the greatest regret that I think you'll, that, that you can have in your life is to know you had that line, but you didn't chase it. And can, can, you, can you imagine what would happen if Benaiah, if he didn't, if he didn't chase that? Can you imagine if, what, what if that line just kept showing up? And he, you know, he's, in the, you know, he's in the village and he sees that thing in the distance and it's just taunting him and mocking him. What, what lines in our life, if we don't deal with them, if we don't aggressively go after them, what, are they going to stick around and, and, and stick with us and, and, and are we going to regret that as we as we move forward if we don't chase them so I, I'm done I'm uh, I'm gonna turn this over to, to, to brother Aaron here in just a second and, and, and he can sort of close us out but uh, I I just want to leave you with – I know I know I've I've been you know I've been cheesy with some of my examples and I've been' and I've been funny and I've, and, or some, somewhat funny sometimes I guess, but, um, I, but, but hopefully you, you get the point, cause, that, cause I'm, I'm dead serious about this topic and, and about the, the risks that we take in our life and the fear that's real. That the fear in our life is, is real, and, it, and it's, it's not, it's not something that we can take lightly, and not something that we should take lightly. So, you know, my, my question to you, and, 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 you know, we're gonna, we're gonna pray to close this thing out, but my, my question to you is. Are you just going to stand there, or are you going to chase? Are you going to chase that problem? Are you going to are you going to deal with it head on? Um, let, let's pray real quick, God. I thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your for your guidance and your instruction that you've given us. I thank you for your word tonight, God. I thank you for the for, for my friends here today. I thank you for allowing them to to be here, allowing them to be in your presence and to be in your word, because you're intentional with. Everything that you're doing and, and everything you're dealing with them about God, the, the, these lions that are in our lives, God, it's not by accident that we're that we're going through this lesson or that we're dealing with these things. It's it's intentional, God, and, and, and you're intentional, God, and and, and you have, you haven't given us a spirit of fear, you've given us a spirit, a spirit of power, God, and I pray that you be with us as we identify these risky situations that we're in, as we identify the the, the new places you're bringing us to and the, and the, the callings you're placing in us, God, and the, just the the messy stuff. In our lives that you're that you're scraping through and that you're 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 fixing for us, God, I pray that we would recognize that and that we would give you priority in our life for the things that you're doing. And I pray that you would continue to work through us, God. I pray that you would that you would that, that that you would work through us for whatever those problems are, whatever that line is, God. I pray that one we would recognize that and that we would know that and identify it. And there would be no hesitation. God, I pray that you give us strength. I pray that you that you quicken our feet to chase that problem and chase that situation and to tackle that thing head on. God, whatever it is, because I know you'll be with us and I know you'll give us the strength. Thank God. And I give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name.